Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. If you haven't had your face on a woke wanted poster, have you even really lived? It's high noon for Tuesday, August 25th, 2020. I'm a bad person now. I'm a very, very bad person And I have been scolded on the internet by strangers and some people who aren't strangers. I posted a picture on Instagram of myself in a Keep America Great hat, which triggered many people in Hollywood as people in Hollywood are prone to be. And that's all right. I mean, I couldn't have possibly expected anything other than that, which is part of why I did it. Um, I think that uh, my number one priority was to try to make it okay for the people who can see what's going on and feel really messed up about it and can't totally navigate their feelings to be able to understand that they're not alone. And that used to be looked upon as a good thing, but it's not if you say the wrong thing politically, I've come to find out. But that's okay. I mean, the whole point is to try to get people to embrace their actual feelings and brain the way they pretend they do. Um, It's amazing to me that an entire coalition can be built around calling other people hateful. And then when you point it out to them, they respond with hate. That seems very contradictory to me. And I imagine anyone else who has gone down this path in any way. Uh, I don't think that we have a functioning society 
if disagreeing about the political direction the country should go in means that you are not allowed to be part of the society anymore. Like you can't have certain beliefs in polite company. It doesn't matter if you know more about the subject. It doesn't matter if you have considered both sides when they haven't. They don't care. They don't care. And they don't have an argument to make or they wouldn't be hateful in the first place. And so if they're being hateful, I just make fun of them and dress them down as much as they deserve to be dressed down. And if they're not being hateful, I'll engage them. I'm happy to talk to anybody about politics from any point of view. I have socialist friends. I don't agree with their politics. In fact, the same thing that they think about my politics, that they are immoral, that they're bad for uh, the less well-off in society and minorities. Um, they think that Trump and supporting Trump or even being a conservative is immoral. And so I have no problem stating my case that I believe socialism is immoral. doesn't mean my friend is immoral for embracing socialism. It means that we have a different understanding of things and I prefer mine. It's so crazy how like people will attribute uh, the worst possible intentions to how you must have come to your point of view. You know, it's not, not that you could think your way in, that you could know more than them, that you had a different life experience and perceive things differently. I mean, isn't that what they are always talking about in the first place? Isn't that what the goal of their belief in skin color and gender diversity amounts to? Aren't they saying that different, uh, modes of belief and different life histories lead us to different places, hence the need for diverse points of view. But what they forget is that they're only accepting the skin color and gender diversity when it echoes their own view, which is a form of authoritarianism. I mean, they spent last night, the first night of the Republican National Convention, and then today calling people like Tim Scott and Herschel Walker and Kim Klasick, Uncle Tom and Coon. And I'm the hateful one. That's confusing. I don't recall myself ever saying anything like that about Kamala Harris. I think Kamala Harris is an unsuitable politician who is primarily interested in her own power and ambition and that she is willing to exploit anything it takes to achieve those ends. And I think that that couldn't be more obvious in the fact that she said she believes uh, the woman who accused Joe Biden of sexual assault and she tried to call Joe Biden a racist on stage of the Democratic primary debates. So that seems to me like someone who is more concerned with their own ambition and gaining power than she is with the lives of the people that she wants to represent and the opinions of those people and what actually affects their lives. 
It's a very detached point of view. Um, so I don't, uh, I don't think that that is uh, racist or sexist to point out. And it certainly isn't hateful. So I don't really understand why my perspective is hateful and theirs isn't. And of course it's not. Um, they are just exceedingly unwell. And it's funny, one of the most angry people was a massive Bernie supporter who has gone full in to the social justice guy thing. Um, somebody I knew from the LA nightlife world, uh, and I'm not going to get personal about him, but the level of anger was unbelievable. And he imagines himself a political genius. He bet me a thousand dollars that Bernie Sanders would beat Hillary Clinton and then even reinforced his claim that Bernie would win at a contested convention in 2016, which there was zero chance of. And then for some reason, oh, well, to cut back, he had a uh, he had a child shortly after that or maybe just before that and asked if he could pay me sometime down the road. And I said, yeah, sure, man, I don't care. Like, I don't really need to collect your thousand dollars. Just don't make bets like that next time. And sure enough, three years later, he hit me up out of nowhere Like, I think on Facebook, he tagged me in something and I'm not even on Facebook. Like I have an account still, but I check it like every six months and then deactivate it. And, uh, yeah, that was waiting for me at one of the times that I had reactivated it. And I was just like, wow, what man? He was like, I like double or nothing. Bernie Sanders is going to win the democratic nomination and be president. And I'm like, what? Well, double or nothing doesn't make any sense. Cause I already like forgave your debt. And he was like, yeah, but I don't want to have that debt on my conscience. So double or nothing. And I was like, well, then you're just going to have $2,000 on your conscience. So, okay, here's the bet. I guess we can, I guess we can take it. Double or nothing makes no sense, but I guess we can take it. Um, And of course he has lost that bet as well and has not paid me. Um, Unless maybe he thinks that uh, Bernie Sanders is going to step in and replace um, Joe Biden's corpse. Um, I assume that he doesn't think that's going to happen. But uh, when I called him out on this in the, in the thread, he said, I can have it right after he smashes my teeth in because I'm a want to be Nazi. So, I mean, that was an interesting way to start the day. Uh, he also is not the sort of person that smashes anyone's teeth in. In fact, he asked me many times in the past for jobs and stuff, and I was always nice to him. So it's a very, very strange reaction that you'll get just by saying what you believe. And I'm sorry that people are so triggered. Um, I find it pathetic, to be honest. Uh It's funny to watch friends leave snide comments like just no or yikes and then unfollow me. I mean, such good friends. Let me tell you. Uh, I also find it amusing how many friends will look at that and see the comments on the post 
And rather than saying, you know, Chris is still a really good guy and he's still my friend. Like, I don't agree with him on this, but, you know, he's definitely not all those bad things that the crazy person is saying. They won't do that because they're scared of liking the post. They're scared of defending it because then someone's going to think that they're a bad person too. And the truth is, if you can consider, if you are worried that people are going to consider you a bad person because you like someone's Instagram post, then you're already very worried that people don't like you. I mean, what in the world can all of that mean? And the vitriol and the name calling, it's so silly. Like, I'll call people stupid when they're being stupid. I'll call people idiots if I think they're idiots. But I'm not running around screaming, racist, sexist, misogynist, uh, rapist. What else do they say? Uh, Homophobe? I don't even understand that one. Um, I don't understand any of them, obviously. Uh, But you're all that. Just because you wear a hat on your head and think that voting for Democrats who allow violent rioting is a bad idea. And uh, if you don't want to fully embrace communism in its uh, American experiment, then you are a, uh, a racist, sexist, misogynist, rapist, assaulter, depressed, drug addict. I don't know. I've never even done cocaine or ecstasy in my life. So I'm pretty sure I'm not a drug addict. Kind of got that one crossed off the list. Thank goodness. Especially odd being called that by drug addicts. But hey, here we are. It is 2020 and people like to have a good time. And the way they have a good time is... By being very righteously angry. Rawr! I love it. They come in and I'm like, hey, let's debate on Instagram Live, you influencer. I never, ever get a yes to those. It's disappointing, honestly. And it's funny because I always wonder, like, are you worried about me taking your followers because I convinced them? Or are you worried about me changing your mind? Because I'm not worried about them taking my followers. I'm totally happy for my followers to go follow the opposite point of view of mine. In fact, I literally on Twitter follow people with the opposite point of view than mine. And I like to do that because I like to see what the other side is saying and thinking every day. In fact, That's how I got here. I didn't just bump my head one day and be like, oh, I guess I love Trump now. It's crazy. It's crazy. But yeah, I'm totally happy. They can take all my followers. And if my followers, if they route me in a debate and all my followers unfollow me, okay. Oh no, what's going to happen now? It's ridiculous. But of course, that's not what's happening. They are worried that they will be exposed as frauds who just post memes and tell everybody how important it is that they get justice by posting memes. 
It is ridiculous. And it's also ridiculous to have someone judge your beliefs and intentions when they don't even understand the content of those beliefs or intentions. And I don't imagine any of these people actually think that they could sit down and debate me. And hopefully my buddy, and by the way, this, I'm not at all referring to my friend Shane Powers, who, whose show I might go back on soon. I was on there a couple years ago, way before this podcast ever started. Um, but I know he disagrees with me, and I'm more than happy to go on his show, and we'll talk back and forth. And if somehow I sound like an idiot on there, I'll get a lot of hate, and maybe my, the people who take interest in what I'm saying will abandon me. And that's okay. That's the price of entry. I'm not worried about that at all. I guess I would be sad if I lost friends. You know, that, that's not a happy thing for anybody. But then again, I'm not the one choosing my friends based on their political beliefs. Especially my friends who really don't know anything about their own political beliefs. In fact, I can make their arguments better than they can because I used to share their beliefs. I can still make all of their arguments. The reason I say the things I say is because I've already considered those arguments. Because the way I process arguments is I think if it's a point that I've never heard before, I think, wow, that's interesting. That might change my view. And so then I research that and find out if what they're saying is correct. Right now, I'm in the process of doing that about the Central Park Five. And I'll either write about that or I'll talk about it on here at some point. But I'll say this. It's pretty clear to me already that Ava DuVernay's show and Ken Burns's documentary are not particularly accurate. And obviously, I'll talk more about this in the future. If people want to ask questions immediately, they can, and I'll uh, link them to resources. But um, yeah, there's not, there's not like a, uh, the way it's presented in the media is that these five boys were just totally innocent boys and falsely accused and that Trump hates them. But the thing is, they weren't falsely accused of committing crimes and beatings. They actually, they absolutely did do those things and they were there. So the idea that they were deprived of sleep and food is also false. The idea that they were coerced into uh, their confessions is also false. Their parents were sitting next to them. Are we to believe that their parents just sat there and allowed their children to be coerced into confessing to heinous crimes that they did not commit? If a parent was going to do that, why would the parent be there in the first place? So, you know, you see these narratives over and over again, and they get cemented. And people don't question them because they all fit into the same narrative. And you hear something and it sounds a lot like something else that you've already accepted as true. And so it's not hard to just accept the new thing without putting much work into it. 
And that's what I used to do. And part of that was the trust I had in the Democratic politicians who were representing those points of view. And when I witnessed something like the coronavirus period happening, and I see how far off the narrative in the news is, and I see how far off the narrative the politicians are adhering to is, then my trust for the news and for those politicians goes to zero. And now I have to be extremely cautious about believing anything they say, which means that when I hear them make new claims that are very important if they're true, I now feel a need and a responsibility to go find out if there's another side to the narrative that they're not telling me and then find out whether or not that other side is valid and then consider why they're not telling me that other side. And that is all this podcast is, is that process playing out in real time. And you can hear my opinions change if you go back to the beginning because they were not what they are now. And they came to this point through the process I just described. And if you don't believe me, listen to controlled demolition part one, two, and three, because the whole thing is a series of false narrative claims by the Democrats, by the media, by the entertainment uh, industry, by tech, by academia, by our experts and by our corporations. That is the reason I am here. And I am positive that that's the reason many of you are here. Because no one who knows me thinks that I have just been some rampant conservative racist all my life. In fact, the people who were mad on the comment chain were all white. And there were more than a few black Americans responding in support of the post who texted me outside the post. There are tons of women on there responding positively. So if I am a racist and misogynist and sexist, there's a whole lot of minorities and women who don't agree. And you can't just pigeonhole their beliefs because they agree with me and not you. That doesn't make them not women or not black, or Uncle Tom's. I mean, where in the world does a woke white person get off saying that? Like you're convinced about what the black experience is to the degree where you don't trust a black person telling you what the black experience is? All right. See, I do trust people's own experience. And it turns out that different people have different experiences, even if they have the same skin color. I know it's shocking. This used to be what thoughtful and educated people believe. Now, people who are educated and not thoughtful believe the exact opposite. 
NYU now has a dormitory that is trying to segregate itself. That's how woke they are. Yale has been found to be racist against Asians in its admission standards. That's so woke. We have Robin D'Angelo, a white woman, making $20,000 to speak to people for a couple hours about how they are racist. A white woman is telling people that it is impossible for white people to not be racist unless they are constantly saying and doing all the anti-racist things that, of course, they made up. Here's how to be anti-racist. Don't be a racist. Don't model things that are racist. That's it. Congratulations. Everybody wins, except for really terrible people. And some of them are on my timeline. So uh, a little more about the Republican convention, I guess, because that is the topic of the day, I imagine. Um, It was a pretty smooth performance from what I could tell. Again, I didn't watch much of the Democratic debate. Uh, I was out of town and it is so hard to motivate myself to do that. Uh, But I'll tell you what, I can't imagine that they had any speeches that were more powerful than Andrew Pollack, a dad who lost his daughter in the Parkland shooting. I can't imagine they have any that are more powerful than Maximo Alvarez, a Cuban immigrant who actually saw and lived life under Castro. Watch these. Watch these speeches. Watch what they say and think about America. It has nothing to do with Donald Trump. They want the same America I want. You also had... Uh, Senator Tim Scott, a black American Republican senator, giving the keynote uh, speech of the whole evening, the last performance, the last speech. Don't want to call it a performance. I don't think he was performing. I think he was being honest. Uh, His speech was profound and he took it right to the Democrats. And of course, the media is focused on things entirely different than that. A fair and objective media who cared about the issues that they pretend to care about would be showing his speech in its entirety because it was a beautiful speech. And what speeches did they tout last week? Only Michelle Obama, right? I mean, that was the big superstar of the week. And then, of course, Barack. And then Joe held it together, made it all the way through. So those were the highlights, right? A former president and first lady were their superstars. The Republican superstars were a dad who lost his daughter in the Parkland massacre, a Cuban immigrant who was crying almost about how happy he is to be 
in America and this America and wants to preserve this America. And then Tim Scott, a black American Republican senator whose police reform bill, the Democrats refused to debate because they did not want Republicans to have a win on one of, quote unquote, their issues. Right? Because, of course, they have to be the ones leading the charge for every social justice initiative. Or else they wouldn't be able to own minority votes. And they are happier to not have a bill at all than to even debate a bill proposed by a black Republican senator. So, again, I don't know how I'm on the side that marginalizes viewpoints. Maybe I'm just dumb and don't understand. It's funny as well that the speech being most roundly mocked from last night was by Kimberly Guilfoyle, who is Donald Trump Jr.'s girlfriend and our Lord and Dictator Gavin Newsom's ex-wife. She was a little too boisterous, I guess you could say. Uh, She did most of the speech at a fairly high volume that seemed unnatural for the room she was in. And it became a little hard to watch. I'm totally honest. I didn't like the speech, Uh, but she is also a successful, intelligent Latin woman. And apparently that doesn't matter anymore because it is woke to disparage her and the sound of her voice and the fact that she sounds angry. And now where have I heard that before? Oh yeah. All the time from those people. That is exactly how they describe any criticism of Hillary Clinton, Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, who else? All of them. So really I'm the side promoting dishonesty and hatred and division. I'm the one whose principles suit my purpose, whatever that purpose is. Really? And you see, this is the same sort of hypocrisy and dishonesty that the Democrats have been governing with. And that's the problem. I would prefer Trump's flaws from before he was president than to continue electing people who lie about everything, including their deeply held principles to gain more power. And if that makes me a bad person, okay. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. It's not a network. Listen to more hopes fall. Goodbye. 
If you like the show, please share it with your friends and give it a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts so new listeners can take your word for it. You can follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at I'm Your Moderator. If you have feedback, you can email heymoderator at imyourmoderator.com or use the hashtag heymoderator on Twitter. If you'd like to support the show, search Be Reasonable on Patreon, where I'll have additional daily-ish segments in a special podcast feed of the show, as well as my writing and audio readings of those articles. You can also go to anchor.fm slash be reasonable and become a supporter there. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Be reasonable. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'mYourModerator.substack.com. The merch site is CancelCouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!